Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 19, Folsom Prison Blues, premiered on April 26th, 2007, directed by Mike Roll and written by John Scheiben. We are Natural, Natural Friends. 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 We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. Hey guys, I got a poll. Supernatural season two, Dean goes to Disney World. Which princess does he get a picture with first? Cinderella, Ariel, Jasmine, or Elsa? Can I take a guess? Sure. I bet, I didn't look at this. (laughs) I bet the winner was Ariel because of the red hair. I mean, you're right, but <laughs> I don't know why. Um, no, it was, a, it was a two-way tie. Um, Ariel and Jasmine in first, and uh, Cinderella and Elsa in second. It was a wild ride to watch the the votes, actually, because for a while there, Cinderella had nothing. Nobody... <laughs> and I was like, oh no, oh no. And uh, Elsa was like killing it, but then... I don't know. People like their Ariel. Jasmine. This week on Supernatural, the law finally catches up with Sam and Dean, but only because they want to be put in prison to work a case from the inside. Did I predict that they got caught on purpose or did I predict that they got caught for realsies? Uh, Probably for realsies. Yeah, I think this whole episode kind of blew a hole in. uh, (laughs) No, no. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be back, don't you worry. <laughs> so our uh, our boys are just some uh, some jewelry thieves, huh? Archaeological thieves. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> axe thieves, Tommy uh, Hawk. Thieves. <laughs> For a second, I thought they were going to use these as um like they needed these props specifically for their uh, mission. Like I was like, oh, only the you know the. Axe of a... The great Arkansas axe. <laughs> right. <laughs> How long did it take you to realize they did it on purpose? Oh, it was pretty quick. Because I was sitting there thinking, like, we've seen these guys in some crazy um, times before. And to think that they didn't, like, check outside before they went in, it just felt very off. I also... I didn't, I didn't catch it the first time, but I saw the scene again where... When they were caught, Dean smirked at Sam, like just like a flash of a smirk. And uh, uh, okay, there's a really good response from that police department. We're following them. Oh, you think you think they were just followed there? That was my interpretation. Like if the FBI was ready to go versus like the local police. I don't think the FBI was there when they were arrested. Yeah, I think the FBI just showed up after they were caught. But they they showed up faster than they expected. So that's a good point. Maybe the FBI was tracking them. 
but yeah, they were, tipped him off. They were caught with the motion detector. Mm-hmm. So they sent six police officers, which is what they needed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they could have fought their way out of there if they weren't trying to get caught? No, but only because... I mean, Dean just would have killed them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, the, the idea of if they weren't trying to get caught, they wouldn't have tripped it in the first place. So they would not have been pinned by six officers from three different hallways. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I don't think we've actually seen them like fight like law enforcement. Uh, yeah, have we? Yeah, we did, and it was pretty early in the series. Um, whenever <laughs> in Bloody, Bloody Mary, Mary <laughs> Dean just knocked out two cops outside of that pawn shop or antique store. Oh. I remember them existing. I couldn't remember what happened. <laughs> yeah, he knocked them out. <laughs> just kidding. My point is no longer relevant. <laughs> What do you guys think about Dean's uh, Blue Steel? I think he did a nice job with it. It's pretty good. <laughs> so good. It's a good mugshot. <laughs> Dean was definitely uh, laying into the comedic role during this uh, initial like interrogation. What did he say? I'm adorable. <laughs> but we finally found out what charges they have against the boys. Uh, or at least Dean. We have a mail fraud, credit card fraud, grave desecration, armed robbery, kidnapping, and three counts of first degree murder. Can we count them? It was two in the bank. Yeah, and one in St. Louis. So I'm peeved by the 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 witness from the bank job, which I guess comes up in conversation later. But the guy writes her off as crazy, but she had an identical victim who was not a sister. And it just seems like that should have been more of a hang up for everyone, but they just avoid the topic. <laughs> Same thing with the um the grave in St. Louis because mm. they exhumed the shapeshifter's body. At least that's what we heard was happening, but we still haven't gotten a follow-up on that. So I thought this was going to be the moment when it happened, but no, still, still not yet. And we also find out here that the boys have done a uh, surprisingly nice job actually hiding from the FBI, despite uh, what we've seen of one episode of them attempting to hide and then just, Yes. <laughs> no attempts after that. But uh, Henriksen hasn't been able to track them down. And it, uh, well, he near went nuts because of it. <laughs> I like the way that Supernatural has been doing their episodes um, because it hasn't been as in your face about what, like, this is how the, the story began. And then this is what we did next. So I believe it when he says that he's been going nuts and that they, because the way they're setting these episodes up, it's, it almost feels like we're catching him, catching them in the moment, and then they, off they go to do a thousand other things. So I definitely believe it, and I would be frustrated as well. They do a nice job, Casey. You pointed out how they had a single episode of Lying Low, and then it's like they have no problem with showing their faces. And it worked on me, a simpleton, because I just completely forgot that they were being chased <laughs> until it came up again. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like to think in the in the uh, off scenes. That's when they're like wiping down prints and they're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just they just don't show us that part. <laughs> then we get our introduction to Mara Daniels, public defender, who seems like uh, whenever she shows up is going to be like a bigger deal. I don't know if you guys got that impression. Like with with Dean's reaction to the fact that she's there makes it seem like someone sent her, mm. as opposed to her just getting assigned that quickly to their case. Yeah, I think. Dean just thought she was pretty. 
<laughs> that was all there was to it. <laughs> Do you think maybe the writing, maybe she was supposed to be more involved and then it got cut back? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, she ends up being like pretty significant to the story by the end of it, but I don't know, just not in the way I expected whenever she first showed up, which I guess isn't a bad thing. So Mara sets us up with our um, time crunch for the episode. The boys are going to go to prison. But they only have one week before being extradited, giving them one week to get the ghost and get out of there. We find out the boys are actually um, going to the prison because there's a ghost who's been there and has killed uh, four people in the past three months. Sam makes a comment about how they should just leave it alone. I don't know if he says specifically because they're prisoners, but then Dean makes a comment uh, asking Sam if she's from Texas all of a sudden, which is a great, great joke because Jared's from Texas. Oh, and oh. he's going to play Walker, Texas Ranger in the upcoming that's, series. That's right. Um, and Jensen is also from Texas. It makes more sense now because I felt like that was a little bit off character for him. For some reason, I, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he was pro death penalty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Dean wishes he could pay admission. We also get the tidbit that the boys are doing this for Deacon who was a friend of their father's. Um, they served in the Marines together and Deacon actually saved their dad's life at some point. So they're doing this to kind of pay that debt back for him. Um, Bruce, did you have any ideas around the identity of Deacon during this? No clue. I was definitely confused and I thought that I had missed something again because it happens apparently. But yeah, I, I had no clue at all. Having forgotten this episode, suspected the guard, but then he really did a good job of pretending not to be their friend. Um, so I was like, oh, that's not him. Maybe we'll meet him later. And uh, yeah, it was a good surprise. Well executed. Uh, I have a question, though. Like, wh- How do you guys picture... What do you think their history is with Deacon? Because if, they serve, if he served with the, their dad in the Marines, that would be pre-hunting. But they're obviously very close because they hug and whatnot and like they they just act very close. So that would mean they interacted post-hunting. So do you think John Winchester just showed up at Deacon's place one day and was like, hey, I hunt paranormal stuff now. Can you watch my boys? I would bet it was a little more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Deacon helped John at some point. Like if if they were that close and whenever John first went out on the road um, with the boys, I, I feel like Deacon would have been a pretty early stop on that road trip, okay. especially considering the, the distance between Kansas and Arkansas. Yeah, because I could see it being one of those things like, hey, I need help. Deacon goes, okay. Where and when, you know, mm. um, and then just sort of turns into him realizing that this is a, a thing and hunting is a thing. Prior to getting themselves in prison, um, the boys did some research and came up with a theory that this ghost is actually the ghost of a uh, person who used to be in the prison in the in the cell block that was previously locked up. Um, his name was Mark Moody, and uh, he killed a bunch of people when he was alive, um, but he died of a supposedly died of a heart attack while he was there and that's what all four of these victims have died of so it makes sense 
when I heard the name Moody, I got I, I thought that was gonna be like a serial killer that like people knew. Um, but I think I was just thinking of Harry Potter. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's Mad why I know Moody. that name. Yep. Yeah. After enjoying their uh appetizing chicken, um, prison chicken. Um on their way out, Sam isn't paying attention, typically, and walks into stuff like Sam Winchester does. Um, except this time it's a very large man uh, who ends up getting in a fight with Dean, and Dean just kicks his ass. <laughs> this is what I needed John Winchester to do last season. Like, just when it comes down to it, I could just <laughs> take control of the situation. <laughs> that groin face combo was brutal. <laughs> so good. I thought there was going to be like either a play on like that was dirty or something like that, but uh, they didn't go that direction. Uh, or like a, even someone in the back going, ooh. <laughs> 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 something. This whole scene is funny because, first off, like you said, Sam wasn't paying attention. And I think it's because they walked away from their table with the tray still on, and Sam was wondering, hey, aren't we supposed to do something with those? But then <laughs> they run into Lucas. Lucas? I want to yeah. say Lucas. And uh, he said, hey, watch what you're, where you're going. And that's literally what anyone would say when you bump into them. And then you continue walking on your way. But no, Dean had to make a thing out of it. Yeah, to earn respect. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dean's whole idea was that he had to get respect while he was in prison. See, I initially thought, like, I don't think this is right, but I thought initially that he was doing that to get down in isolation to see what was going on down there. Oh, no. Not this time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that fight does get uh, Dean and Lucas moved down to solitary. And um, Dean's doing his best to try to bond with Lucas, have their solitary bonding moment. Um, but Lucas isn't having it. And uh, he gets a little bit of karma for that in that the ghost shows up and uh, kills him. That was a good jump scare. That was a really cool scene in general. That close-up on the eyes was really neat. Even in the beginning of this episode, um, just this whole time up to now, I was really enjoying the ghost itself. Um, I know that they were hiding it to uh, build up the twist of it not actually being moody. Um, but it was just fun to have a ghost that we didn't know what it... A monster of the week that we didn't know what it looked like. It feels like it's been a while since that had happened. Then we spent a few minutes hanging out with our new friend Mara, who's... Uh, surprisingly grounded when confronted with Agent Henriksen. And um, Mara's, uh, Mara's starting to come around a little bit here. She uh, no- knows that um, a cop in Baltimore um, is claiming that the boys saved her. Thank you, Linda Blair. Um, and that a woman in Milwaukee also says that uh, the boys saved her as well. Um, so Mara thinks it's a little bit more complicated than what Henriksen does. So... Um, Bruce, this is when I was pulling for you a little bit on your prediction of uh, people coming around to their side. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's sl- baby steps. We got a few more episodes this season. This is one of those things where I was like, how much do they talk to each other? Like, wh- what is going on here? Um, but yeah, that was a cool conversation because it, it does. Because those things have happened. Bad things have happened while they were out and about. And it's, you know, neat to see it from a different perspective. Like, uh, from the outside looking in to what's actually going on while they're doing stuff. Yeah, it was it was a cool peek into the other side. It was fun. So Sam somehow managed to get himself on mopping duty, um, perfectly alongside the witness to the first death. Um, so nice job, Sam. 
whenever you saw this guy that Sam was mopping up with, did you maybe think to yourself something like, Hey, who is that? That's right. Welcome to our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. Uh, So first up, let's hang out with our surprisingly unimportant prisoner, Randall, played by Jeff Kober. Hey, who is that? So you might recognize Jeff from some episodes of uh, The X-Files, maybe eight episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger, um, an appearance on 24... Reaper, Burn Notice, Lost, CSI, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, maybe it's playing Jacob Hale Jr. on Sons of Anarchy, uh, Joe on The Walking Dead. Um, he played a character in the movie Sully. And um, very recently, in the past uh, year, um, has appeared on 89 episodes of General Hospital. This past in year. In the past year. Uh, <laughs> 2020 to 2021. Stamina. So, nice job, Jeff. And then next up, we're going to take a sidestep into uh, our sister segment. Uh, Hey, where is that? That's right. Welcome to our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the uh, settings featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. Uh, While the boys are walking around this prison, do you guys ever think, like, maybe, hey, where is that? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Did you guys recognize any of it at all? It's the psych ward hospital with bars instead. The one room that they look in initially has got to be something. So, <laughs> um, some some of this uh, prison was built on a soundstage, of course. Um, but the rest of it is actually Riverview Hospital, which you might remember from... Uh, Maybe a season one episode of Supernatural playing a completely different setting. <laughs> um, or maybe a uh, season two episode of Supernatural also playing a completely different setting. Um, it was the hospital in Asylum mm-hmm. and the hospital in um, the season two premiere in My Time of Dying. I nailed it. That's exactly what I thought it was. But only after you pointed it out. I had no idea that it was the same. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on... Hey, who is that? And hey, where is that? So Sam's able to pull out of Randall that uh, Moody did not actually have a heart attack, but uh, he was uh, murdered by the guards. And uh, Randall knows this specifically because he was uh, one of the people who had to help clean up the blood. And Sam's response to all this news is exactly how much blood was there. (laughs) <laughs> He's so gross. I don't know how I'd answer that question. <laughs> no, but like, are like, you looking for in detail, please? <laughs> <laughs> like, a quart? Like, do you want it by? How do we donate blood in pints? Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many pints was it? <laughs> I'd say about three pints. You know, <laughs> they did a really good uh, job of like I don't know setting up this scene, this flashback scene. I guess I don't know what you want to call it. Um, but just like, uh, the idea of like the blood being everywhere and uh, like bashing in his head. And then he's like, I was also afraid to tell other people going, uh, what was going on. Um, so it gives us a really good idea of like how kind of dark this prison is. 
so Sam catches up with Dean in the yard um, where Dean is uh, playing poker for cigarettes. And he makes a couple more movie references, which I, I didn't really catch on to. Um, but this guy, he's just he just loves movies. All that time in the motel. <laughs> yeah. And I also love how easily Dean has fit in two episodes in a row. Dean has he is the pretender. Like he is so good at just uh, fitting right in. I love it. But now it's Sam's turn to have a plan that Dean doesn't want to go along with. And that plan is to get in a fight with the actual biggest person in the room and uh, use that as a distraction for Sam to get away. And it worked. It should be harder, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that guy like would have killed Dean, right? I don't know. I don't think Dean could have won that fight. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, not not in a mano y mano, no weapons of any kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a point where Deacon shows up to break up the fight and uh, continue to very much sell the fact that uh, they don't know each other with a vicious punch to the gut. Oof. Greg, you saw you said you got to see it twice. Knowing that he was Deacon, did that change the way this uh, episode looked? Like, could you tell that he was playing into like he had to be over the top or something like that? Um. No, it, he played it very well, and and you know, like it wasn't fake hits. Well, I mean, in real life, it was fake hits, but it didn't look like <laughs> fake hits. Uh, and he didn't like give any winks or anything. The one thing I did look for, and that they did a good job with, is you cannot see Deacon's name tag throughout this entire episode. And for this particular fight scene, you probably would have been able to see it, but it. Uh, had um, glare and it made me wonder if they either purposefully shined a light for glare or had to add it because they realized you could see it. I don't know, but it um, it was very purposefully obscured. And then in the, the last time they have Deacon come in, he's wearing a jacket covering his name tag. It's so perfect. I disagree slightly. So I did remember the big reveal of who Deacon was. And to me, like he he comes across as over the top whenever he's interacting with Dean. Um but I'm not sure if that's like the writing of this stereotypical tough guy guard who's over the top, mm. or if that's writing that uh Deacon is a slightly bad actor <laughs> and in trying to pretend he doesn't know Dean comes across over the top. Yeah, hard to say. So Sam sneaks away from the food court and uh, on his way through the food court kitchen grabs a salt shaker. What a genius. And uh, heads on his way to uh, salt and burn some blood in the locked cell block. After he shimmied down a uh, vent? After right? he shimmied through a vent, that's right. And then we cut to Dean so that we don't have to see how... Sam gets back at all. Yep. With a burning mattress. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was going to be a bigger plot point. Than... Yeah, we cut to Dean and he's in the infirmary with Tiny. Um, and uh, this time Dean is getting through with some bonding with Tiny. He's starting to open up to him about how uh, he, he does have low self-esteem issues. But then uh, the ghost shows up and it turns out it's not Moody. They were wrong. Uh, Dean's able to use the salt from his food tray 
to scare the ghost away from him, but she gets tiny. And at this point, I'm wondering, like, if Dean is starting to get a reputation around the prison of (laughs) everyone he fights dies. I was thinking that with the first one. Like, you would have thought somebody would have blamed Dean for that death. And now especially the second one. You had two fights and two people die. And then... (laughs) And then it wasn't mentioned at all. Like they had a the fake fight or semi fake fight between themselves, and it wasn't commented on. I'm like, hey, this guy's gonna end up dead. I think this the scene could have been improved if Tiny said that he killed his father, or that he and his brother killed their father together. Because I have no idea what their crimes are, so I want them to be murderers. And feel less bad when they die. I think it's intentionally ambiguous, so you do feel bad. No. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess. But, like, I think for me, it's it's be- specifically because Dean is putting them in the situation. It's not just, like, you're in this prison and you drew the short straw this time. It's, no, Dean picked a fight with you and you're going <laughs> to die. <laughs> Because of it. Yeah. They don't know that, though. I guess. (laughs) I really liked how they had, what, the sheet or something hanging between them, which was probably specifically so that Dean just couldn't throw salt at the ghost for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it also does make sense of these two guys were fighting. Let's just have them separated somehow. (laughs) Right next to each other with the sheet. Right next to each other. Just throw a sheet up. Oh, definitely not. Fight more verbally. <laughs> so the boys meet up again in the yard where Sam reveals that he thought the job was done. So he got in touch with Deacon and they're getting out of there tonight. But they still don't really have an answer for what's going on with this ghost. So they meet back up with our new pal Randall for the last time. And he tells them about Nurse Glockner, who was a nurse at the prison 30 years ago. And um, there were stories about her doing a Charles Bronson thing with the hypodermic. So now they're pretty sure that this Nurse Glockner is the one who was, um, who's actually the ghost. So Dean meets up with their lawyer, Mara, and tries to flip her and tells her that they need some information on this um, Nurse Glockner, where she's buried so they can try to salt and burn these bones. And Bruce, this was just a little bit more. It's a lawyer, not a cop, but... <laughs> They're still working on flipping someone to their side. We'll get there. Just look into my eyes and tell me (laughs) that I'm a bad person. Like lawyers do. Yeah, yeah. They have that skill set. And honestly, (laughs) in that scene, I was just like, Dean, you look like a sociopath or a psychopath. I don't know which one, but you you seem crazy. (laughs) Bruce, um, this is the part where Sam and Dean get in their uh, fake fight to get Deacon um, to isolate them so they can go over some stuff and maybe get out of there. Did you think this fight between Sam and Dean was a real fight, or did you think this was part of the plan? I took it as real when I watched it, because it, was, it wasn't over the top. It was just like their normal shoving match. Did you think they were being stupid for doing that right then? I mean, they're not one to think ahead of time in those types of situations. <laughs> um, I forgot this was a fake fight, and it just felt stupid to me. That they would be getting in a fight then. What do you mean then? Like in front of the guards? or In front of the guards, yeah. Knowing that like tonight is supposedly your one chance to get out. And the past 
two times that Dean has gotten. Dean has already uh, been in two yeah. fights. Okay. So if, <laughs> if he gets isolated again, he's not going anywhere. He got out of there really quick for like. Oh, wow. Good point. Isolation being in isolation twice in a week. Right. Yeah, I don't know. They it felt natural just because it was it was silly, it was stupid. So maybe that was part of it. <laughs> it's like this is dumb. What are you doing? Yeah, that's the thing that makes me wonder about this because they were fighting about the plan to leave. So I don't know for it being a fake fight. It, it happened immediately after a genuine disagreement, <laughs> and I don't know because <laughs> if Dean didn't want to leave, stupidly getting put in solitary. Would not be the worst thing. I guess every time he goes to solitary, it increases his chance of dying. <laughs> but they see the ghost. <laughs> and then we meet Deacon. And he's not so bad after all. Yeah. And the lawyer comes through. Yeah. Uh, the lawyer, apparently, like, I guess right after she left. I don't know how much his time has actually <laughs> passed since Dean met with his lawyer. Um, but Deacon has a note for uh, Sam and Dean. Um, it has the details on where Nurse Glockner is buried. So the boys decide it's time to get out of there. And they just crawl through the walls and uh, out into the Impala. <laughs> like how the Impala was just parked <laughs> beside the prison. It also cracked me up that it was just like, let me just move this panel and here's my secret escape route. That like, is very, <laughs> it's a poorly designed prison is what I'm saying. But I guess that's because it's a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> So right away, Henriksen is interrogating Deacon, but our man Deacon, he is staying true to the boys and not giving them up. When Henriksen gets to Mara and starts interrogating her a little bit on her last interaction with Dean, we we start to think that she might be a little bit of a snitch and gives up the location of um, the graveyard that they went to. And we see a sign for Mountainside Cemetery. And then we see the boys digging up the grave of Dolores Glockner, and of course, her name was Dolores. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. All right. You don't like the name Dolores? <laughs> Dolores Umbridge, Greg. Okay. Come on. Dolores and Moody. Okay. When did Harry... Wait, was, when did yeah, that book Yeah, I was just out? wondering when that character came out. <laughs> she she was Order of the Phoenix, right? 2004. Was it really? I don't know, I'm guessing. Bruce, uh, in the US in 2004. Nice. Uh, UK 2003, but yeah, US 2004. Nice job. Um, so yeah, she was uh, a character before this uh, show came out. Okay. So I'm not saying it's coincidence. Interesting. Moody and Dolores in the same episode. That final scene was really fun. Um, the the tension of what they're gonna do if they get caught because of the way they were doing it with the the police, the SWAT. Even I think at that point was like running towards them. It was like even if they get the body burned, like they have a burning body and they have to run away. <laughs> like yeah, and I like that. It was like cutting between not just those two scenes, but then also the um, scene of Deacon being attacked by the ghosts were flashing between like three scenes of tension instead of just two to just add that another layer to it, which was kind of fun. But of course the boys burn the body in time and they save Deacon and Greg, I'm sure you loved seeing the ghost burst up in flames. I did. It was slightly anticlimactic. I I just, I think I wanted a bigger scream from her. You wanted a bigger scream. Got it. I'll uh, let her know for next time. (laughs) It'd be kind of neat to go back and, uh, like, I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there somewhere to see the different spirits, like, burning up and to see how different they are every time. I, re- I really liked the the twist on the lawyer gave the wrong graveyard because I thought it was going to be the 
the type of twist you see all the time, which is that, yeah, they're raiding the graveyard. It's just, oh, they're an hour late or something like that. Like these are two separate pieces of time. Um, so this was a more fun version of that. I agree. And I also like that we got to see uh, her little smirk at the end. Yeah. So they did it, Bruce. They fl- completely flipped Mara. <laughs> and now they have a lawyer on their side as well as a cop in Baltimore. I'd say we're like halfway to your prediction. Right. They're going to get on TV and broadcast it everywhere to let all the cops know that it is okay to trust them. Uh, reviews? Reviews. Reviews. I give this episode seven cigarettes out of ten. I initially wanted to complain about this being yet another standard haunting, but then I looked back through season two and they did a surprisingly good job of not having that too often. But at the end of the day, it is still just a standard haunting, but with a fun setting with a new challenge of how to get in and out. So it was a fun episode overall, and I give it seven cigarettes out of ten. I give this nine Whoa, out of ten. Yeah. Um, I was gonna bring it back down, but now I forget about it. I forgot, so we're gonna stick with it. <laughs> I'm gonna give this nine out of ten big tinies. Um, <laughs> this was a fun episode. The setting really did it for me. The idea of them being in a prison and navigating this different system where they're no longer in control of everything. I loved the challenge of them working amongst the prisoners. It sort of just gave us a different environment to work with and uh, made it, which made it a lot of fun. I liked our villain, which was the ghost, but at the same time, uh, the FBI was also like a bigger part of it. And that was a cool uh, I like to see both sides of that coin coming um, at them. It's just a fun episode all along. Nine out of ten big tinies. So I gave this episode a uh, seven and a half unplayed um, Johnny Cash songs out of ten. It was a fun setting. I agree with that. It was a fun story. Um, I think my biggest issue was um, the character Randall just felt extremely underutilized and even just the way he was used he was used in a weird way he was essentially our substitution for the internet this episode um <laughs> which is weird considering he was also the person who witnessed the first murder by the ghost um so it's a, it's a very different way than we've used our witness in the past um normally they're a much bigger part of the adventure and this time we didn't really get that so it was just kind of the boys getting information from randall and then doing their thing um but it was really fun seeing them in prison and especially seeing Dean um, just completely assimilate to prison life. Overall, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, seven and a half unplayed Johnny Cash songs out of ten. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching season two, episode 20. What is and what never should be. While hunting a gin or genie, Dean is attacked and transported to an alternate world. We're going to have a multiverse type thing <laughs> next week. Um, so I'm going to say he's going to live in a world where Sam was never born. Also, if we don't get a Led Zeppelin song next week, I'm going to be very upset. Um, but also I've also learned throughout my time alive that Led Zeppelin covered so many songs. So it might just be a another random blues artist coming back. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We're going to have 
Blues Ghosts and uh, Time Travel, probably. My prediction overall, the cop, FBI cop, agent? Agent. Henriksen. Is possessed. Ooh. Wait, in in the next episode? Or like already is. No, right now he's already possessed. Currently possessed. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So working to try to get them in jail so they can't do anything and they're stuck. Okay. Next episode, they're going to kind of lay low. But after that, they get arrested again and they change the cop's mind <laughs> to let them go to go save the world alongside all of the hunters who are trying to kill them already. And then we get our gigantic battle. All right. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at naturalfriendspodcast and Twitter at natfriendspod. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. Infiltrate uh, the the prisoners. <laughs> oh, God, I can't talk today. I like when they penetrate the <laughs> the hardened <laughs> criminals. Hi, Bruce. Sorry, what were you saying? Something phallic.